0: This is the Uncovered Dish Christian Leadership Podcast.
1: The podcast that uncovers stories, equips leaders, and changes the world.
0: And we are your hosts, Caitlin Deal
1: And James Lee.
0: Today we have two very special guests with us, Senior Pastor Michael Smith and Director of Digital Ministry Corbin Payne of Clinton United Methodist Church.
1: In continuation of our series on Rejoice, we wanted to celebrate something very exciting that has been brewing up at Clinton United Methodist Church. Uh, They have successfully launched a Clinton Church mobile app that is very functional and has become a regular part of church life at Clinton.
0: Pastor Michael and Corbin will be sharing with us how they come up with a church mobile app, how it's being used, and what they plan for the future with it. Michael and Corbin, it's great to have you on the show today.
2: Good to be here. Thank you.
1: All right. So, uh, guys, tell us about the launch of the Clinton Church app. So, whose
3: idea was it, and how did it get started? Good stuff. So, this is Corbin. And the the initial idea I think was floated to me by Michael. We were talking through a few things, including online giving, revisiting that, um, you know, web hosting, some other stuff. And we were really looking for a way to make our website mobile friendly. And then that turned into a conversation of, I want more functionality, I kind of want to do more things and integrate them into a mobile device. Um, So he's like, so what about a mobile app? And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. But that sounds good. That's a great idea. That's (laughs) pretty much how
1: everything gets started around here, too, by the way. Just this
3: podcast, like, make
1: a
2: podcast. What? (laughs) How?
1: (laughs) Do you want to add to that, Michael? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think part of it was just saw the need for engagement. I really wanted to find a deeper way to help people engage and people just aren't engaging as much in a Sunday morning experience as they normally would in the years past. And it doesn't mean that they don't care about Sunday morning experiences. Mm -hmm. It just means that they've just got other things going on. So as a church, we have tried to be very creative about how to engage people in a very different way. I think when we were just looking at some of the data, just a simple piece of information like, I think it was like 60% uh, or more of the people who look at our church Facebook page do so on a mobile device. I thought to mm. myself, wow, huh, I never thought about that. And then that's when it really just started saying, we got to get more mobile friendly. And then instead of just making the website more mobile friendly, what is the most mobile friendly thing we can do? And that's where we just kind of started on the idea of an app.
1: Awesome. The thing about mobile apps is that it's kind of new. And I could see it already a lot of church leaders going, church mobile app, I need one too. And kind of jump on that bandwagon, but how did you guys know that this was a need, right? A church was not just a want, but a need for your congregation.
3: Yeah, analytics. Um, I don't want to be the guy that's like data, 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 but um, we definitely did a lot of that. We did a demographic study of our area. So we're Clinton, New Jersey, and we found that uh, the largest growing population as of right now and is expected to continue trending that way is going to be the young families and young professionals. Hmm. And people within that age group are going to tend to engage more with a mobile app or something on their mobile device. So we wanted to make our best attempt to engage them on something that they're already going to have on them.
0: So I'm looking at, wait, I downloaded your um, yeah. app, the Clan UMC app, and it's really cool. So how did you decide what should be really in this app? Like, so, did anybody like from your, did you have like a group, like a focus group that was like, hey, this is what we want. This is how we'd be more engaged if we had an app.
3: Yeah. So we did have that. We did have a little bit of focus group portion of it. Um, that was a little more post creation when I was really refining stuff for the final launch. Our church app we actually got through Pushpay. So when we redid our uh, online giving and tithing platform, um, eChurch gives you basically a skeleton to work with, and they say, hey, we'll create the app to X amount of functionality, and then pass that if you know how to do some of the coding, you can then, sky's the limit, do do whatever you want.
0: And the pay, the give, you can really just donate right here on your app with like a push, like yeah. obviously push pay.
2: Yeah. So good, why don't you try it? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, put a couple zeros
3: after the I'll
0: test number. it out, I'm <laughs> good. Yeah.
3: So they set up basically the beginning of it and then I took it again to like focus groups, other people, and said, hey, is this easy to use? Gave it to my mom, was like, mom, I made this thing, click around it. She's like, that's so cool. So, <laughs> you know, that was kind of how we feel. Figured out what's on there. Uh, Something that's actually been really good with our congregation too, if you click through on the media tab on there, there's something on there called First Five. And that's our daily devotionals. And the idea behind First Five, it's five days a week, five minutes a day. So it is the first five minutes of your day, every weekday so monday to friday
1: so uh, i have to be honest i actually partake in the First five regularly yeah. you guys i mean when go. i launched it i left the uh, push notification on and it started coming up every morning every morning so there i was like go. what is this oh it's a devotional cool yeah and i actually uh you know read it every morning my big question with the first five is who does who writes these devotionals this Great is every question. day for the for five days a week i'm like i used to do that when i was in youth ministry and i used to write devotionals yeah. for my youth kids and it burned me out
3: yeah Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a really good thing to touch on too is content creation. So these first fives, um, the majority of the original ones. So when we launched, it came from Michael and we have slowly attracted some more people from our congregation who are gifted in that form of communication.
1: That's awesome. I really like how this is another way to involve and engage your church members in a way that is not possible if you don't have an app, right?
2: We just threw it out there to the church. We just said, look, do you like to write? Do you want to write devotionals? (laughs) Like, just come to a meeting. And what I did in Lent is I just said, here's what I'm doing in Lent. And I shared the sermon theme and the message. Mm -hmm. And I I said, okay, now it's on you. I need you to write the community group curriculum. And I need five daily devotionals. So who's going to pick a week? And they just said, I'll take Pilate, I will take the thief on the cross, I will. Da-da-da-da. And But we really tried to put in the work of laying out the theme, laying out where we're going, right, and right. giving them something to start with. Versus, versus just,
3: hey, write a devotional. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was
2: reading some this week, and I just read today the ones for next week, and I'm like, there are some good writers there are. in our church. and just. I was like I'm going to preach on that now. <laughs> you know? Wow. Cuz that, that was a great thought and I'm going to totally steal it and put it in my sermon for Sunday because I read the devotionals for the next week. Get yeah. out. Right. Wow. So um yes. it really That's builds you you live with that thing. That theme that one line message or, or what you would take away from Sunday, which might get reinforced or you pick something else up new in a community group and then you're reading a daily devotional about it. It's just multiple touch points of engagement.
0: So how many hours a week do you think that you kind of spend on the app, like either writing and updating it?
2: I upload
3: all of the group curriculum. I upload all of the first fives um, and I put that up and schedule the push notifications to to shoot out with it. And that only takes me maybe 25 30 minutes if it, you know, I have some formatting issues or something. But it's 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 become pretty streamlined. Like I said, the whole interface here is really user-friendly and, you know, it's it's easier to update this and put it to release every single day and like automate everything than it even is to put like one article up on our website. Yeah, you know, like zero yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, like, it's at a point now where it's 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 almost running it itself. runs yeah. itself
2: which that's, is that's which is what really to to. Right. So. sustainable so a lot of time corbin put in a lot of time with the early creation oh, of early, it. yeah right no doubt about that yeah. and i mean you put it in a ton of effort too right off the bat right
3: in all the curriculum for right everything. a lot of the content so.
2: creation but um be because it's you know you're we've got 15 small groups meeting almost every day of the week that it's it's just something that helps build into it versus a separate thing that you gotta do. Everything's kind of integrated, which, you know, I think is a way of working smarter than harder.
3: And integration, good word. I kinda go a little off topic, but the whole concept even behind this app was the integration of literally everything we do into
2: one platform where it works well. Right. I just want people to use it. Yeah. If you just do it for one thing, you're gonna get like one day's worth of stuff yep and and no one's gonna use it so if you're gonna launch it put it in someone's hands to where they gotta be on it every day. Mm.
0: But what about, you know, the older generation in your church? Like, was there any pushback with them? I know we get a lot of pushback, you know, with our podcast. I was talking to somebody just the other day and, you know, they wanted to go into deeper issues with our communication. I'm like, well, you know, you can listen to our podcast. We really kind of dive more into it. He like stopped me right there. was like, you know how old I am? Like, so what have you found in your church initially? I have a
3: funny story about this, actually. Um, I had, I had, a older member of our congregation that attends our first service come up to me and say, I've been looking for your church app for for two weekends, two Sundays, and I cannot find it. Can you help me? And I was like, all right, let me see your phone. So she has an iPhone, hands it to me. And she kept searching on Google, Clinton UMC. And I was like, oh, nope. She's like, I tried Yahoo and Bing. And I was like, no, 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 on the app store. And they were like, what's that? Um, so the, the biggest thing, actually, that I've noticed that we've encountered has just been communicating where to download the app, not actually even using the app. Okay. Um, once they get it, I've had no functionality questions from members as far as like, I don't get how this works, um, which has been really, really, really awesome. The overall, like, congregational absorption or adoption of this app has been so good to a point where they're teaching
2: each other if they have questions like they're not even coming to me. That's we amazing. we put yeah. the pressure on ourselves probably more than the people have put it on us and I think the people of our church are very gracious with us in this way. I feel that tension of when we started this and we were saying, hey, we've got Advent devotionals, but they're on the app. You gotta get the app to read them. There's something about me that's like, oh, man, I gotta print paper copies, too. No paper copies. Wait, do you right, remember right. doing that? We, yeah. we, we were like, oh. <laughs> well, uh, I think
3: the first week of First Five, we printed paper right, copies. So we started. <laughs> seven paper copies. So we're like, all right, let's we not do out, a lot like one.
2: Because we don't want to like kill a bunch of trees. We made like 10 and let's just see if people take it. So I remember we did this huge push and Corbin was like, you got to really push it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Big app push. And we also have paper copies available. He <laughs> so at the end, I was like, end like you can't thing. tell them that. So They'll just
1: go for the paper.
2: So we put that on ourselves <laughs> more than people saying, oh, uh, you know, now we don't after like week one or two of that we're like we're not doing paper at all it's right there and so and it's just continued to grow so I would say you know to those that I mean they're probably not listening to the podcast if they're like against podcast stuff is don't be that guy and don't be that gal that that does that does that stuff in your church because it's so easy and it's a push of a button and and there's people that can help you and it's gonna be the best way Uh, For you to get some of this material now, uh, like you said, to engage in in what's going on, this is probably one of the easiest ways to do it. You just got to get over that initial fear of it. It's great, like I was in a Bible study and someone said, oh, we love the first five today. Um, And someone says, I just can't seem to find it. And someone just said, here it is, and boom, boom, boom. And Because part of it is like, did you leave your push notifications on? Uh, and they're like, what's that? We're like, so we're trying to have to say,
0: educating. when you
2: when you download it, when it says, do you want push notifications? And half the time, I don't even understand what that means. That's why I have Corbin here. Um, <laughs> so I say, yes. I say, Just say yes. Say yes. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why we've, we've tried with different timing of the push notifications. The first time it came out, it was at like 9.30 in the morning. And I'm like, people are already at work. I thought this was supposed to be like, when you wake up in the morning, or you know, and he's like, "I know, that's when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> Sleep in, it's good. I get that beauty rest." And so, and so, my community group leader said to me, uh, "He's like, oh yeah, the first five. It's like my alarm now, because now we'll put it out like six six fifteen, six every fifteen, every or yeah, something yeah. like that." And and so, the push notification will ding or buzz, and he's like, "Oh, I know, Adam. Now I need to wake up. First five just came out." <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Good. So with the mobile app, a lot of our churches are struggling to like keep their website up and to even maybe have a Facebook. So what would you say the difference is between, you know, a church who's looking like, do I do a Facebook or should I go into a mobile app? You know, there's so many modes of communication. What do you recommend for churches to do and how they start? (laughs) Yes, Corbin. (laughs) Okay.
3: If you hear absolutely nothing from this podcast, please hear this. Do it well. You can have just a Facebook, you can have just a website, but do it well. What do you mean by do it well? By running it well, I would say that you have all critical information, so you can have the ability to communicate if you wish, or just have it up on your app. You know when your service times are, when events are coming up, when church might be canceled because of snow. You know you have the ability oh, to communicate critical that things is, there.
1: That, you, you, do you put a push notification when church is canceled because yeah. of snow? And we haven't had, thankfully, See, we haven't had to do nice. that yet.
3: But you, that that's something. Instead of like, you so, off instead of snowstorm? yeah, I, have, of I love driving in the snow. <laughs> I did that at a church. Uh, February of 2015, there was an ice storm, a really bad ice storm, and there were cars (laughs) literally sliding sideways on the freeway, and I drove an hour and a half to the church that I was playing on the worship team with just to get there and then be like, yeah, we canceled church. Oh, no. But their I went to Korean church though. Korean yeah.
1: churches, it's you get brownie points if you show up in a snowstorm. It's right. like,
3: like oh, you dedication. Go to, you go we to go. a Special
1: heaven when you show when you show up at a snowstorm. It's a competition. I tell you, it's yeah. it's, it's unhealthy. That sounds like Good. fun.
3: <laughs> um, so anyway, when I say do it well, um, I'm really getting at you want to be able to communicate everything through that avenue. So if you aren't capable of having you know, a really up to date website with a Twitter, with a Facebook and an Instagram. You know, if you can't have all that social media, don't try and hold on. I think you do more damage sometimes by kind of putting in a half effort to cover all of the bases versus just saying, you know, we really can only afford manpower wise to just do this. So let's just put everything that we can into this medium and let's do
2: it well. Yeah, I can't emphasize enough. You have to be able to answer why.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so um,
0: why have a mobile app? And yeah. why I pretty much started with analytics and really kind of looking. And
3: we we took like a full year, like you said, just looking mm-hmm. at the why is this
2: even something that we should pursue? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, our county is always kind of voted the healthiest county in New Jersey. Um, and so there's always people running, the gyms are always filled. As you can tell, I go to the gym as well.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> um, if you don't, you get the looks on Sunday. <laughs> yeah.
2: You can tell by my, my arms I
0: see you and gym. my biceps
2: that I do go to the gym. Um, and, and as you're at the gym, everybody's got headphones in. Yeah. They're listening to something. Mm. And I just, you know, I thought to myself, I can listen to music. I listen to podcasts. You know, and I thought to myself, how can we, what if someone misses church that Sunday? You know, how do they stay connected? They're not just going to sit down in an armchair, you know, and just be like, I'm going to listen to this sermon. They're going to do it as they're on the go. We got a lot of people that commute, that ride the bus, you know, on the bus into the city. They call it the silent bus. You're not allowed to talk on the bus. So people put in headphones and they'll sleep or they'll listen and they listen to what? Their music, to podcasts, to an audio book, or maybe to their pastor you know,
0: So you looked at the community, you looked at the right. people around you and saw right. that need.
2: Right. But I can't emphasize enough, there's some stuff, you, you just got to take it down. I, I mean, you know how many bad websites are out there?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <I> mean, <I'd... laughs> oh, ter-
2: terrible Facebook pages. Uh. I can't emphasize enough, and I don't know if this is getting too far away from the mobile app conversation, but in the church, you've got to realize this is the first impression. It's not the greeter. You know how many meetings we go to, or our, our laity or our clergy have sat through over the past ten years I've been in church ministry, and our understanding of hospitality has been the the parking lot people, the greeters. That is so false. Not in today's world. Now you need to have greeters that are friendly. Yeah. Duh. Right. <laughs> um, but. I That's tell not you something. Be. That is not your first impression. Your right. first impression in today's world is going to be your web presence or your social media presence, mm-hmm. which is right, probably the same I thing, agree. right? But so my point is, your church could be loving. Your church could be all these wonderful things that you want to speak to your community. But if you don't capture it well online and it looks not kept up, not up to date, oh, we had a we had a, a ham and. Oyster dinner three years ago. Here's a picture of it that is pixelated, and you can't even tell who they are. No, I'm not going to your church. (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah. Because you know how much courage it takes for someone who doesn't go to church in today's world to walk through the doors of your church? Wow. Let me tell you something. So it takes so much courage. And so if they are going to actually go into your church... I guarantee you they looked at who you are online. Mm-hmm. They listened to you online. <laughs> yep. And that's why if you're gonna put your sermons up, if you're gonna put your content up, better make sure it's right, better make sure it has decent quality sound, or don't put a really bad sermon up. Now I know not all mine are fantastic, I'll admit that, but <laughs> I mean, I, I've watched some, and I'm like, I would never go to listen to that. And that could just be your
3: one bad sermon, too. Right. Like that's
2: something like sometimes you get one chance to do this. Right. There's, so. there's someone in our church now that listened to me for months. Before they showed up. Months. Mm-hmm. And they showed up and they say, I feel like I know you. Wow. I'm <laughs> like, okay, who are you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: hi, my, my, my name is so-and-so,
2: yeah. and I've been listening to you online, and I thought I might as well just go and check it out in person. And gosh, I loved, and she she named the series that I did in the summer, and she was, like, not only did she listen to it, but she liked it so much, she listened to it multiple times. Wow. So, oh, that one, Oh, when you were talking about Paul when he fell out the window, we were talking about Isaac, blah, 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 and I'm like, I don't even remember that wow. stuff. And, and it was months, and that was in the summer, and this, this was months ago. I said, I, but yeah. I said, you've been listening for a while. Yeah, for a couple months now. I said, well, I'm glad that you've, you've come. And thankfully, I think we had a greeter that was friendly and handed her a bulletin. Our worship environment was uh, such that we want to create a worship environment where people want to come back, mm-hmm. and she came back, and back again, and back again, she's there every week.
0: Ah, it's
2: Amen. an amazing story. So, you know, it's not just the let's play around with this stuff. This has great impact. And if you don't do it right, my point would be just take it down and try a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather not look at that website and and say we're not going to think about, you know, have, you know, every church needs to have a Facebook page used to be the thing. And my point is, no, they, no, they don't. not anymore. <laughs> right. Because there's no way I would want to go to that church based upon what I see on Facebook. And if I Google your church and that's all I get, just make sure it's right. As yeah. close as you, you know, that captures your first impression that you want to give to your community.
1: Yeah. We could even look at this uh, theologically and historically, too, like John Wesley Right. During his time a lot of pastors were coming to him and being like, Read, we don't wanna read. We already have the gospel. I mean, seriously, yeah. because reading books was kind of this worldly thing. Uh, it was the means of communication, so to, mass communication, so to speak, at his time. And John Wesley was very clear that in order to be a clergy, in order to be a pastor, you need to read. You need to read what's about what's going on in the world. And if you translate that to the you know, twenty seventeen, it's if you are called to ministry, you cannot afford to not be involved in social media and understanding its language, or at least attempting to, to wrestle with it theologically. It, it's, it's not something that a, a clergy of 2017 can afford to do.
2: Right. So, we have the capability right now through right, some help with the conference to get it started to where we added a staff position for this. Though your church may not be able to do that, but um, in the same way that we try and develop our staff, we develop and equip our lady to do yep. this stuff. And Absolutely. so um, help and and try and find the people that you think can do it right. And um, that's why we wanted to invest in a staff position for this, because it wasn't just a cool thing for us. It is a main cultural uh, evangelistic piece of who we are that says we value this, we value our presence and our first impression in the community. So that's why we make sure that we do it right and Corbin is notorious for spelling things wrong. I'm terrible at spelling. (laughs) Dude, I can't spell. I'm like, I'm super dyslexic and like typing,
3: I'm like that looks wrong, but I don't know why it looks wrong. Yeah, it's crazy. So,
0: so. you do the uploading.
2: Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so we make sure we edit. We make yeah. sure we take a look at it. and <laughs> Thank God for But he does, he does good work. He does good work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Some church leaders may be listening to this and saying, all right, you know, I really want to choose one and do it well. I want to choose a medium of communication and do it well. I'm wrestling between website or have a really good website or have a good Twitter or have a good Facebook or explore what it looks like to have a mobile app. Right. What are some things that you can do with a mobile app? that you cannot do with any other means of communication.
3: One of the big things that we utilize quite a bit as I heard the push notifications. Now, you can opt in or out of them. So it's not guaranteed that if you have the app, we can contact you directly. However, a majority of people do.
1: Right. We kept say, t- talking about push notifications, but could yeah. you just quickly clarify yeah, what that for is sure. for someone who has no idea so what that is?
3: When your your phone kind of buzzes in your pocket, it goes like, bing, or whatever, you get the little buzz or the little that's, dingy that's technical sound. technical
2: language, folks. Technical <laughs>
3: language. Very technical stuff. So no. Um, Basically, it's like a little uh, text banner, if you will, that'll pop up on your phone that from that banner, you can open your phone by sliding it like you would to open it up or click on it, and it'll take you into our app, into somewhere where I have designated it to land you. So if it's like, click here for our first five, and you get that when you wake up, you don't even have to open the app and think about clicking through it. You just click that notification, bam, you're in the app. Or, um, hey, don't forget to sign up to volunteer for... Um, our community outreach dinner you can slide that notification and sign up right through that Um, so something that the app has that maybe Facebook or your website or Twitter if you will doesn't have is the ability to directly kind of call people to action through it and then direct them you know further down on where to go or what to do so something that you can do with the app is just the direct communication and that's been really helpful
2: for getting people involved yeah, the app is kind of like our own publishing company, too. Yeah. We get to just self-publish stuff. And so like our community group curriculum, um, a lot, I know everyone in my group, when we sit down to study, we don't get out a book, we get out our phones. Yeah. We are right there in people's hands, in their pocketbook or purses or in their pockets to where it's, I mean, I never turn my phone off. Um, it's just always on. Yeah. And so... It, you know, and I always have it on me, kind of a thing. Like, rarely is it like I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna leave my cell phone home today. Like my parents do that. I'm like,
0: stop. It's <laughs> weird. leave it in the charger. My grandma leaves in the charger. Like, <sighs> it goes out. I'm, right. like, yeah. mm. I'm like, I stop. thought you
3: died. You <laughs> didn't pick up the phone for 20 minutes.
1: Put it <laughs> my face went that blue just happen. thinking right. about leaving my phone <laughs> at home.
2: Right. So, so if that's if that's the world that we live in, then why not be present in people's lives? It's a ministry of presence, isn't it? So, I mean, I don't think, you know, in a ministry of presence, if if I'm your pastor and I'm going to be at your house every day, knocking on the door four times a day, you're like, get out, like, leave me alone. Thank you for the ministry of presence, but it's too much. And so I think in the same way with mobile, it's, you know, we're not send in 14 push notifications a day, but we want to have an active daily ministry of presence in people's lives. Not to annoy people, but to say, we're here, you know, like we're here for you. And and there's ways for people to connect with us, to communicate with us, to submit prayer requests, other things like that. So pastoral care isn't like a strong thing that we view in terms of mobile app, but there's been several people that have communicated, I need you to pray for this, and it's immediate. It's not wait till Sunday morning to share it. It's not send an email. It is pray now and it goes straight to our um, church email. And
0: that's on the app. There's a contact contact contact. button. They can just do it right there. That's
3: correct. Wow.
1: So are you getting better results in terms of call to actions with the app? For instance, ever since you launched the app, what is your data in terms of community group attendance? What is your data in terms of uh, giving?
2: When we, when we started it with the Push Pay program uh, was to increase our online giving. And I uh, I think basically the data on that is we've quadrupled our giving. Wow. Because of the work that we put in, um, and I'm sure other churches are in this case, uh, we wanted more consistent giving. And we found that with online giving, there is a higher level of consistency. Yep. What we used to get... Um, in a month for online giving through the website, we now get on week one. Wow. So that's fun yeah. because week two, three, and four, and maybe sometimes five.
3: Yeah. As far as the budgeting goes, yeah, that's too, gravy. You're like, woo! That's right. mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's
2: it's just consistent. I yeah. would like to touch on this
3: too. Um, as far as budgeting goes, um, with that, they give you your estimated weekly tithe based on the people that have already pledged to give X oh, amount wow, based on the reoccurring gifts. Um, So as far as consistency goes, that helps us as well for planning projects. We just redid our sound system at the church. And that's a new board, all new speakering, in-ear monitors for everyone, new front of house speakers, like a big project. Um, And this has definitely been helpful as far as budgeting, as far as, you know, when should we buy, you know, this product, when should we buy the front of house stuff? And it's been, it's been definitely an aid to us in planning out and budgeting.
1: Now, the traditionalist in me is going to be kind of like, all right, so you guys still pass around the offering plate though, right? During service. Ah, we're going to so, pull us up now. So how do you uh, uh, manage the awkward dynamic of, but I gave online, but the offering plate comes to me and I have to just pass it along. So
3: I just made these little <laughs> cards that we dropped in, much to my... Resistance, I would say.
0: Paper. Um, I'm, I'm catching on. Yeah, it
3: was. We uh, yeah. we basically made we made these uh these giving cards that were one side is our kind of advertisement for our app, and it says, "Hey, simplify your giving." Really quick thing. Of, <laughs> you can update. You know, here's how you download our app. Available. Search this as the app logo on Apple App Store, Google Play Store. Super simple. And on the other side has our push pay logo, and it says, I give online, and then a little parentheses like, feel free, you know, as your active offering to drop this in the offering plate as cool. it comes by. Because we did more with the first service, some with the second service, but we, I've definitely had some comments, and we as a staff has received some comments of like, I just feel really uncomfortable when I kind of like, I give online. Uh. Yeah. So, right, right, right you
2: now. So, So, I mean, it's a funny thing, but it's a real thing for people. That's why, you know, this is out of response because of of the need. And um, if you're a counter, you you know, you'll know that people will put in empty envelopes Mm -hmm. because they feel awkward that here comes a plate, i got to put something in. Uh, We've got this whole envelope system in place in the Methodist church that you you can never do away with, heaven forbid. So um, (laughs)
1: It's the holy act of envelope making. To begin with, yeah.
2: There's so there's folks that put in empty envelopes. Um, I I know someone that leaves. Yeah. During the offering time. During the offering time to go to to the restroom. I'm doing air quotes that you can't see. Um, You know, they leave the sanctuary because every time the usher comes by and hands them the plate, they've got to do that awkward. Yeah, I give online. (laughs) You know, like I can't yell it. But you know, I'm okay. They just feel so awkward. Yeah, I'm i st- I'm still a part of this church. I, right, I give I, too, I, right? I worship but... here and I support the church here. So so we are like, can we just make like something that people can put into the plate that that you know that shows but it shows they're like engaging, it shows that they're worshiping, it shows that they're connected. And if there's a backside to it, let's push the app as well. Yeah, There we go.
0: So where do you see the app going for you guys? Where do
2: we see the app? It's well,
0: already up for about five or six months now. Yep. And where do you see the future? Well, it's not going it
3: anywhere. <laughs> um, it's going to stay here because we like it. Um, no, but I definitely see that continuing to grow as a communication medium, um, but also continuing to be relevant. And that kind of ties in with me saying it's staying here, but acknowledging that it's going to change over the next year. I don't think our app is going to be the same maybe layout and functionality at this time next year. And that's because I think the community is going to necessitate a change in some functions. So uh, one thing we're looking at is with our live stream right now. I don't think the live stream is really a necessity to have. I think that does sometimes more harm than good on our website and on our app. So what is the app going to look like? That you know, live stream button's going to go away. And maybe it is a listen to... You know, two minute excerpt where Michael really hits the punchline of his sermon or check out worship from this week and we'll have a dynamic video of here's our worship team. Here's the song that we're really singing this week because this is what our community is living right now in me saying the app is not going anywhere. That's acknowledging that this is going to continue to change and live and morph into something else every single month.
0: I think that's so important because that's with your Facebook, that's with your website, that's with That's with your type. online presence. That's oh, yeah, correct. exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think churches need to realize that you have to yeah. grow with the community and with the times yeah. and keep updating. So I'm glad to hear that. For
1: sure. I'm glad you're talking about kind of live stream because I have a lot of questions about that too. But yeah, I want to ask kind of the broader question of that, of that there's also rumors brewing that you guys are exploring online church. Yes. And I kind of want to hear the future of that. What do you guys have in mind for that as well?
3: Yeah. So So. the idea of church, when I say online church, the first thing that popped up in a lot of our staff minds, even when we're just kind of throwing this idea around in our meetings is, are we literally just going to capture what we do in our building in Hunterdon County on a Sunday morning and put that on the web for anybody to engage in, in you know that way. So let's say we have a live stream. Let's say we even shoot it in 360 video. So we pop a little 360 camera in the pew, like you're literally sitting there and there's a lot of stuff we could do with that. But what is that accomplishing? Like, what is the point? Like Michael said, why? Always ask why? Why that? Why is that the way that people would engage? And I would argue that it's not that, you know, I can sit on my 360 camera with my virtual reality goggles on and act like I'm in church. But What am I engaging with? Okay, maybe I'm engaging with the sermon. Maybe I'm engaging with the worship music. But how can we take that engagement and provide it in a better context? So my understanding of what our online campus is going to look like is going to be a total, total overhaul of our online presence, first and foremost. Um, Secondly, it's going to be having that engaging content very accessible to people. So that's going to be devotionals. That's going to be blog articles about current events. That's going to be stuff that people can engage with. That isn't just the worship service. That is also those passing conversations that you have with someone while you're shaking hands during the greeting time. Um, The stuff that you're talking about at coffee time like those are all components of the worship atmosphere and the community life of the church. So packaging them in a way that's accessible and desirable is really what we're looking to do with an online campus. For me, I think live stream
2: is one of those things that just needs to go. It's think,
3: so 2010. I think churches need name. to stop
2: doing it um, just because it's so hard to do it well. Right, right. And right. Um, you can go to online church in some of the mega churches in the United States today around the world and I will sit there and watch and they can have the most professional and best musicians and it's still not quite right. The sound might be a little bit yeah. off, you know, mm-hmm. they may sound mm-hmm. really good. But you know, like it takes a lot, a lot, a lot in order to do a live stream really, really well. I think of um, I think of someone, uh, I was watching someone in our conference that I think is uh, a really good way of videoing their sermon, and um, but you know, there's a picture of a choir member in the background sleeping. Wow. <laughs> but it's it's tough because that's a, I mean, I'm sure that's a very good sermon, yeah. and it's a very good church, and that pastor is a very good pastor, but that ain't the impression I'm getting from sleeping lady, angry guy... And what do I want to watch that live for? Let alone watch it back. Wow. That's what I'm really struggling with. And mm. so, and in some of the churches, like it's just really tough to do. If you start it two minutes before the service starts, is someone going to sit there and wait? until the service starts or if you do a sharing of a prayer request the congregation isn't mic'd. so you know that's one of the things we struggle we do that sometimes and and it's like a 10 minute thing where it's you hear silence and then the pastor repeats yes we're praying for betty who's going into the surgery this week and you know so it's just an awkward like yikes okay this look
3: this all comes back though to the fact of if you're gonna do something do it well and for us to do a live stream well, we are literally going to need to buy $13,000 worth of video equipment looks, in my, it? It, like at least. And that's, and like, that's, yeah, I know that's mm-hmm. it, right? That's Walmart. And that's like, yeah, and that's maybe like two camera angles and the video switcher and all the high def stuff to run this. Like it is expensive to do this well. And there are already churches out there with, you know, 5,000 members that do it very well. And I would argue that you as a local church have a far greater impact by just, just, just not doing it yet. <laughs> and putting out the content, you know, that is well produced. I
1: think asking the why is really big in this uh, uh, discussion too with live stream, because when someone asks, I want live stream church, what they're really asking, for instance, you know, I have a kid, you know, one time she was really sick, so I didn't go to church that Sunday. So what do I do? I, you know, Pop on I, live stream. I, I popped in live stream to attend a, a, a you know, online church and what, it, what I'm really craving for is not I want a live stream, not I want a, a literal video of the whole service, as much as I want to be plugged into a community. With the connection. I want that yeah, connection, right? For sure. My um, mind went back to my old days when I was a, a wedding uh, videographer, and people would say, I want my wedding videoed," right? Yeah. And it's a 10-hour event, and I want a 10-hour video. And I say, no, you don't.
3: You want You a, do not want yeah. a
1: 10-hour video. You do not want me to set up a camera in the back and let it run for 10 hours, and you're not going to watch it. You're not going to watch it. But what they really want is a connection of their... Of that emotional that feeling of that event. So Absolutely. it's not a literal... They don't want a literal video. They want a, an emotional capture of the video, right? So same thing I think with live... I think about the you know, live stream church or online churches that do it well. I'm um, right, right off the top of my head, I'm thinking Life Church, right? Yep. They do not live stream, quote unquote. Yeah. They, what they're doing is they have a, a pre-produced video about, say, 30 minutes long, yep. right from, from music. It's very, very done ahead say. of time yep. and then put out there online. And it's, it's about making content that's relevant and relatable yeah. and connectable, not being yeah. live.
3: And that was something, too. I actually, funny story. As soon as we started talking about online campus, I was like, I'm just going to sit for like two days and check out Life Church stuff, too. Because during college, I mean, you can get videos off there. And they have, like, how many campuses do they have? They have, like, 20-some campuses in, like, all of these states. Like, they're huge. And they do the online stuff well. And I'm not going to try and replicate that as Corbin Payne at Clinton UMC with a two-person tech team, you know, ragtagging the stuff together. Like, understanding that, like, in order to do this well, we got to be innovative, and we have to do this in a way that is – Content, you know, correct and has appropriate content and has stuff that people want to engage with, but also recognizing that this is not going to look like live streaming or putting up produced videos on a 12 hour loop of relevant stuff from all these different States. Cause we just don't have that capacity.
2: Mm. So yeah, we know who again. we are. Yeah. And we know what we're called to do. I think with the live stream issue, whether it's online church too, jumping into that is you need to know who you're talking to. So, I think we when we view live stream as evangelism or connecting with outside we have to think totally different about live stream. When we think about live stream for those who are connected already then that's a little bit more flexible and adjustable to think through the purpose of that. But I am already convinced. You don't have to convince me. I'm bought into this whole Jesus thing and I can't sit through some of this stuff. I'm convinced, How and you're not convincing me with this stuff, wow. how are you gonna help people that are trying to search for this, that are trying to figure out, I don't know, there's this church in town that someone said, or I'm trying to find a church near me, and I'm Googling church in blank town, and here comes up a website, and you know they're gonna look around, and they're saying, I wanna find a community, I wanna find a place, and, and they're just trying to sort out this stuff. How are you gonna convince them with some of the stuff that we're doing? And that's why, for me, online church is about, I want to get to as close to a Sunday morning experience as I can, hmm. but it won't be the same. Yeah. So what are the things that we really want to do in our Sunday morning worship environment? Let's just do them online now. That if so, How can I make it to be to where you go to online church at Clinton UMC, and you would have gotten everything as close as we can now it's not going to be the same you have to own that but as close as we can to give you what we do in our worship environment so hospitality or welcome is a a piece of our worship environment right normally on sunday morning we want to welcome people so how do we welcome people online we don't have someone to hand them a bulletin And say good morning so our hospitality for online church has got to be thought through we want people to engage in content most of the time they're sitting in a pew on a sunday morning they won't be online so what is the best way for them to engage with the word how is it that we respond to the word well in church we do other things we pray we do the offering we can come to the altar well, in online world, what is the best way that we can have people respond to this word? To this word. How do we, you know, in our worship environment communicate very clearly that the next step for you beyond Sunday morning is a community group? We will do the same for online. And it may be that they join in a physical community group in the area, or we may have to think through what we do within community groups for online church. Then, if we are inviting people on a Sunday morning worship environment to participate in what God is doing in the world through the mission of the local church here at Clinton, I mean, it's going to be very obvious, here comes a brass-looking felt-covered plate that is coming right by them. So we have to, in an online way, think creatively about how to engage people to support the what God is doing through the mission of the church. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks guys for being on the show again. I um, just want to kind of bring it to a close. We have a final question, but before the final question, do you guys have any last words you want to say to the world? <laughs> Put out there online.
3: Your online presence, that, that that is the greeter of this generation. You know, you really want to polish that stuff because those first impressions now aren't always made at the door. You know, your first impression now is made, from the two weeks ago when this person checked out your Facebook page, from the Wednesday before when they listened to your sermon from last week. And those are your first impressions. So really, really, if you can, concentrate on polishing them up and making them as professional and as representative of your community as you possibly can.
2: I would say sometimes it's easier to do plug-and-play, but it's not what's best. Mm. So don't do what another church does because you like it, or it looks cool, or it sounds interesting. So, I mean, the takeaway that I would want people to get from listening to this podcast is not, oh, great, now I want to go start a mobile app. I would rather them say, I need, I need to figure out whether or not we need this. And the answer might be no. But the best thing to do is to start that journey, if you're not doing it already, of asking about the need for engagement or the need to connect with people in a different way in today's world. And do the hard work of looking at the analytics or the data or the demographics and just put in the time. I mean, uh, just don't slap together something that just looks really cool and and nobody is ever going to use it. Because whenever you want to do something that is innovative or creative in the life of your church next, is just another thing on the shelf that says oh, you wanted to try this because it was the new fad and it didn't work. And you may lose such opportunity, but if you can show that you've done the work, you've asked the questions, you've looked at the numbers. Um, you know, I thought that we were going to have 100 downloads of our app. I'm like, I- I'd be happy with 100. I'm like, That's, that sounds awesome and like we're at 250 now. Like I wouldn't have ever thought that, but I knew that people needed it. And so I wasn't trying to say like, oh, I'm gonna do this or do that. I don't know where it's gonna go necessarily from here, but I know why we have it. And I know the best way that we use it. And we'll learn here and there about what people engage with the best and what they don't. But that, that's the biggest thing is do the work and um, I think it'll pay off.
1: Awesome, thank you guys.
0: Great, thank you so much. So we have one final question that we ask all of our guests, and it is, if you had a choice of one food, one type of food to eat for the rest of your life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, since we're uncovered dish, I probably should start with that. (laughs) The uncovered dish, so we eat food a lot, as Methodists. So if you had a choice of one type of food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: Chicken wings. (laughs) That was quick.
0: That was (laughs) pre-planned.
2: Buffalo wings, no doubt. Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco
0: Bell, very specific. Anything at
3: Taco Bell. Ever delicious Taco Bell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's Ooh. a That's not that's a That's a place. That's, that's, a, that's a place. Why yeah, I, have to a pick wine wine? Wine. I know. No. What at Taco Bell?
0: You can't eat the building. You've
2: got to eat the. Q, yeah. weeping, had, and gnashing of teeth. She asked for food. You're like, I'm picking a whole chain of restaurants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: uh,
2: I'm going to pick the Darden <laughs> restaurant group, and that's got 17 restaurants in it that I can. No, you can't do that. you got to <laughs> pick right. a food.
1: So we got chicken wings and
3: uh, barbecue beef brisket. That's not Taco Bell, though. But that's yeah. fine. But barbecue. if I have to pick one, beef yeah. brisket's there great. You
1: go. That's, that's a great choice, though.
0: There you go. I'll go with that. Great. Thank you guys so very
1: much. All right. Thank you again, Pastor Michael Smith and Corbin Payne for being on the show. They are the senior pastor and the director of digital ministry at Clinton UMC. They have a traditional worship service at nine thirty and a contemporary service at eleven every Sunday. And you could download their app, Clinton UMC. You can find it at the app store and the Google Play Store. All right. So uh guys, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. All
0: right. Thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If there are any topics you'd like us to uncover or any comments for us, you can email them to podcast at gnjumc.org. We will be posting a new podcast every other Wednesday. So if you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to be up to date on the latest episodes. We'll talk to you soon.